morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday, friends, for Torch Report 363, When Truth Trumps Tyranny. Dun, dun, dun. I got to tell you what, you know, watching some clips, uh, Donald Trump destroying the CNN moderator for that CNN town hall. It was glorious, glorious. And it also raises some questions. And so really, it's it's here we go again. You know, get ready to jump in and ride that roller coaster, the Trump train, whatever you want to call it, friends, as discussed in yesterday's report. When enough is enough, the 2024 election is is only 18 short months away and officially kicking off the media's campaign season. Donald Trump was invited to a town hall in New Hampshire. It was hosted by CNN and moderated by one Miss Caitlin Collins, who happens to be a rising leftist star that who just so happened to got walloped by Trump's unabashed telling of the truth and uh, refusing to accept her lies and putting her in her place. You're a nasty person, he said at one point. It was classic Donald Trump. Again, you know, uh, like him, love him or loathe him. You know, it, that's the man is consistent in his approach. Now, I'm not going to lie. Guys, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> you know, it was so awesome, in fact, uh, that CNN chose to actually cut the town hall short to stop the bleeding, essentially crying uncle uh, from all of the in-your-face barrage of bare-knuckle facts. Take the truth. Take the truth, you know. And uh, the truth, of course, was brutally assaulting their fragile sensitivities and demolishing their delusional perspectives on MAGA and J6 and, of course, the rigged 2020 election. Now, just a couple of uh, the key one-liners I thought were really great. Quoting Donald Trump here, quote, I think unless you're a very stupid person, most people understand what happened. That was a rigged election, period, end quote. Exactly. Unless you're exceedingly stupid and have your head buried so far up your backside you cannot see the light of day, you understand that the 2020 election was rigged. Okay? Now, next quote. It's time to treat MAGA, the greatest political movement in our country's history, with some respect. Period. End quote. I like that one. Time to treat MAGA with some respect instead of, you know, Joe Biden, the sock puppet out there saying, you know, MAGA is the great, you know, semi-fascist, greatest extremist threat in American history and all that. No, no, no. It's time to treat MAGA with respect. It's, it's roughly half the country we're talking about here. Third quote here, uh, quote, our country is dying. Our democracy is being destroyed by stupid, by very stupid people because we're spending money like drunken sailors, <laughs> end quote, says Trump. You know, and it's worth noting, uh, friends, I put the sources in there for all of those for all those quotes. Those are coming from liberal outlets and. Of course, the liberal outlets, they're throwing a screeching fit over these statements and their smug arrogance. I just the haughty condescension, these damn liberals, you know, their smug arrogance refuses to concede. 
on the basis of fact, you know, that their egos insist on inverting reality so that they can maintain their delusions that Joe Biden is the most popular president ever elected. And MAGA Republicans are racist, transphobic bigots who want to destroy democracy. You know, they, they're clinging desperately to these illusions. And Trump just came smashing through them like a wrecking ball. I loved it. Now, CNN they had their own uh, eight-point takeaway, decrying the fact that Donald Trump said he was inclined to pardon many of the J6 political prisoners. Now, not all of them, he said, but it would be, quote, be a large portion of them. Now, in an astounding display of their own ignorance, these liberal analysts, and I, I use the term analyst very lightly here, but the CNN's eight-point takeaway for put out by their analysts failed to grasp how Donald Trump's harshest immigration enforcement policies, oh my gosh, he's being so mean to these illegal criminals, you know, anyway, but how they failed to grasp how the Trump's immigration enforcement policies resonate with the average everyday American who's tired of footing the bill for the millions of illegal aliens who are flagrantly violating the rule of law and bringing their drugs and criminal behavior across our southern border. They can't get that. Why? Oh, why? Geez, you know, uh, and the whole, you know, the ending of Title 42, basically the uh, invasion of El Paso right now. Which, by the way, uh, that happens to be where my little brother lives at. And congratulations to my little brother. I am now an uncle. He now has a beautiful baby boy, and that's exciting. And let's just hope that they can survive the alien invasion of El Paso. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure they will. You know, you got to put everything into context here. But while CNN is crying foul over Trump's name calling, you know, oh my gosh, he called them crazy. He called us whack jobs. He called them thugs, you know, and then he turned to the moderator and declared, you are a nasty person. <laughs> Just call it out. Right. I, I, I love that about the guy. But, you know, they missed the fact that much of Trump's message was actually relatively centrist. OK, when when they were pushing Trump, uh, saying, you know, you got to take sides on Russia-Ukraine conflict, right? They're pushing him to try to take sides and toe the line. Trump said, quote, I don't think of it in terms of winning and losing. I think of it in terms of getting it settled so we can stop killing all these people. I want everyone to stop dying, period, end quote. You know, what needs to happen in Russia and Ukraine? We want you to stop killing people. Let everybody stop dying, whatever. You know, of course, you know, who can argue with that? The peace-loving liberals, they can argue with that. Anyway, friends, the, 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 the Trumpster turned CNN into a dumpster fire when he promised to end the war in Ukraine within 24 hours after being elected. Done. Boom. No more money. No more guns. No more, you know, no more boots on the ground, whatever the case may be. And I think it was just a glorious reckoning, even as the social media landscape was erupting with maniacal, unhinged disbelief. They can't believe it. <gasps> Gosh, he wants everyone to stop dying. You know, you mean he doesn't stand in solidarity with Ukraine? Oh, my gosh. You know, and, uh, you know, people like the likes of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, she's out there lamenting the fact that CNN had lost total control of the narrative. And that's, quote, unquote, total control of the narrative, which 
I kind of thought was an insightful choice of words, but I, I know that, you know, it's kind of a Freudian slip, subconsciously slipped out there. Hey, we lost total control of the narrative. Oh my gosh. You know, zoiks. Anyway, she's fretting over the fact that the audience was cheering him on and laughing at the host. I can't believe they're cheering for Trump and laughing at us, you know, useful idiots, the liberals. Anyway, <sighs> friends, you see, in the twisted minds of these progressive stooges, it was only the worst elements of our society. That's a direct quote, quote unquote, the worst elements of our society who were watching and applauding and appreciating the fact that Trump wasn't holding back. You know, people appreciate that he's being willing to speak truth to power and eviscerate the narrative and put the liberal media lapdogs in their place. Of course, according to the left, if you love our country and if you want to make America great again, and if you have a steady job and take care of your family and participate in life as a productive member of, com of your community, then you are amongst the worst elements of society. Friends, you may recall Hillary Clinton's deplorable statement. You know, people, you know, MAGA, you know, Trump supporters are like smelly Walmart people. They're just a basket of deplorables. And you think about those words, again, haughty condescension, but just the elites have such a great disdain for all of us unruly rebel peasants who don't buy their lies and don't just do what we're told. We are the quote unquote defectives, friends, because we refuse to simply fall in line and accept their insanity. And as discussed in Torch Report 285, the sinister saga of the secret cabal, friends, these self-ascribed elites. Now, it's the global elites and the global cabal. It's the academic elites. It's the political elites of both parties here. But they really believe that we are a cancer on society. Essentially, those who they cannot control are a cancer on society, if you want to reduce it to simplest terms here. But I want to share a little excerpt from Torch Report 285. Quote, the defectives whom we have just been considering may be compared to an insidious disease affecting the body politic. Our present methods of treating defectives leave great numbers to produce new offspring and create new cancers in the body politic. And it would be no means, it would be no means a misnomer to call the American Eugenic Society a society for the control of social cancer. Now, again, th those are coming out of Torch Report 285, and that was an excerpt there from a report. What was the name of that report? It escapes me at the moment, but it was the, uh, oh, Tomorrow's Children talking about the goal of hygiene and all this kind of stuff is put out by the directors of the American Eugenics Society who happen to be, you know, professors and deans and heads of departments in the Ivy League institutions. At any rate, you know, that's how they see us. And I wanted to share that as a refresher because it's important not to lose sight of their lofty perspective that we defectives are a cancer on society. The global elites believe that we are useless eaters who are destroying the planet and in their own words, quote, fast forward to the end of the uh, fast forward to the early part of the 21st century. And we just don't need the vast majority of the human population. 
wow, you know, when we consider this disturbing sentiment, I believe it's imperative to realize that these sociopaths who harbor such a deep and bitter contempt for the bulk of humanity, they have a very detailed, very methodical plan to deal with this little problem of defectives, the the social cancer, okay? More than a century of strategic central planning has culminated in the current Great Reset, Agenda 2030, etc. And all of this intends to reduce the human population of useless, mouth-breeding, meat-eating peasants and achieve total global control by enslaving us all in a techno-dystopian hell and treating us like these soulless, hackable animals that they claim we are. As the World Economic Forum advisor, Dr. Yuval Noah Harari so eloquently puts it, quote, we humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are now hackable animals. That's what we are, period, end quote. We are hackable animals, friends, and they will treat us as such. And yet, being the unruly peasant that I am, I flatly reject the premise that we are no longer mysterious souls. I think I'm exceptionally mysterious myself. I don't know about you, you know, nor should you or I or anyone else on the planet get used to the idea that these arrogant bastards know what's best for the whole of humanity. Instead, friends, I contend that we should maintain our status as deplorables in good standing and continue going about our defective ways, attempting to restore some semblance of sanity for future generations, pissing off and pissing on the elites as much as humanly possible and laughing in the face of the useful idiots as we go about our merry way, friends. But that is just me feeling plucky. So let's go ahead and zoom out. Zoop! Way out! (laughs) While... I'm thrilled with the way Trump trounced CNN last night. I mean, it, it kind of makes me fall in love with the guy all over again. You know, this is the this is the Donald Trump. I, I mean, this is good. You know, who else calls it like that? I just I love it. He's not polished. He's brass. He's bold. He's unafraid, uh, un, unabashedful, unabashed in his uh, bashing of the liberals. Anyway, I think it would only be fair to round out the discussion here today with a recap of my previously stated reservations. Okay. So if if you're new to the audience here, friends, I, I, I want you to know, I need you to know, you know, that I voted for Trump twice before 2016, 2020. And then, you know, when 2020 went sideways, I rallied with the people's convoy to support Trump, uh, meet with MAGA people all across the country to protest the rig election in DC and all of that. But at this point, that's the backstory at this point, And looking ahead to 2024, I've grown skeptical that Trump's our best option. And I've really tried to lay that out very thoughtfully. It's not that I don't like Trump. It's that there's a lot of things going on here. And, you know, last night's performance, it, you know, honestly, seriously, it it does cause me to question my own skepticism. As I've had had friends say, Luke, I mean, come on, who else can do the job? You know, who else can do what Trump does? And the answer is, I don't know, you know. So I I do question my own skepticism, and yet I still think that it is absolutely critically important that we consider the full complexity of the situation, okay? If you're you're still chewing on all this stuff, on what Trump v. Biden in 2024 might look like for our country and all that, I've outlined my thinking in, in several reports. I put five reports here 
Uh, friends, Torch Report 291, the hard truth about Donald Trump. Like him, love him, or hate him. There's what we need to talk about. Torch Report 318, peaceful rights and political circus. Torch Report 320, some things you need to know. Torch Report 328, the arrest of Donald Trump. And Torch Report 340, Life is a roller coaster. Enjoy the ride. So this is a roller coaster, and we're on it, friends. And I don't, I don't for a second uh, think that this isn't, you know, me, me. It's being manipulated. I guess in the simplest way, it's being manipulated. We are being manipulated with this story. But I think that you know, eyes wide open. It's nice. It's refreshing to see Trump out there, you know, smacking the left around a little bit on stage. I think that's great. And it, that is good for our country. Now, elsewhere, I have documented the uh, well, the you know, the the left's attempts in the media to paint Trump supporters as far right racists and religious extremists and domestic terrorists and all that. They're really they've been planting those seeds and watering them well. So let's, you know, let's not lose sight of that. Let's not forget that Joe the sock puppet Biden, the sitting U.S. president said, you know, he declared that roughly half the country, i.e. MAGA Republicans, are semi-fascist who represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. You know, says the lying, senile old sock puppet, quote, MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election, period, end quote, now, per the liberal playbook. As should be expected, this is, of course, the exact opposite of truth. But if you tell a lie often enough, and simultaneously use weaponized government agencies to censor dissent, then the vast majority of peasants will eventually accept the lies and begin to believe them as truth. And of course, friends, as you know, and I know, believing that something is true doesn't make it the truth. But that is a very subtle distinction that is completely lost in leftist thinking. In the collective hive mind, there is no distinction between what they think and actual reality. The question at this point, though, friends, at this point in history, can the declaration of truth trump the tyranny of the censorship industrial complex? Can it? In other words, in addition to every other unimaginable obstacle on the path to making America great again, can Donald Trump overcome this censorship industrial complex? And I put a picture there, friends, in the report today. If you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com to see the spiffy chart. And it shows the government and the nonprofit and the for-profit and the foundation and the think tanks and the big tech and the fact checkers and all of these academic initiatives that are working to censor public uh, dissent, essentially. And no doubt, no doubt, liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains are going to celebrate the day when truth trumps tyranny. And maybe, just maybe, Donald Trump is the man for the job. But friends, my gut tells me that until that day comes, it would be wise to guard our hearts against false hope. And that is the message of my heart for today. And I'd love to know what you think about it, friends. Leave me a comment. Let me know where you stand on all this. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website or just click on the email. Click that little heart and give me some love. Boost me in the algorithms there. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, 
the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. <laughs> Get out there and embrace this thoughtful, thrilling, thoughtful, thought-provoking Thursday, friends, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh,